Welcome to Seeking God's Grace podcast, a place to share stories about life, faith and passion. My name is Grace and I am a sister of the Holy Family of Nazareth, or as some prefer to say, I'm a Catholic nun. I hope that this podcast will help you and me to find God in everyday life experiences and to understand God and yourself a little bit better. Let's talk and seek God together. Hello, welcome and happy Easter everyone. The most intense week of the church liturgy has come to an end. We already experienced all the reasons why we call this special week holy. They became very real. From the glory and joy of Palm Sunday, through the mystery and festivities of Lord's Last Supper and Good Friday intensity of pain, suffering and death. Even those events reoccur every year in our church liturgies, there is always so much to take in and reflect upon. After the silence of Holy Saturday, when the only commotion and big things that are happening are mostly around the house, not in the church, we gathered for a very extensive, the longest in the Catholic tradition, amazing liturgy of the Easter Vigil. Last year, I talked a little bit more in details what part of liturgy are presented, what does it mean that we start with the liturgy of the light, what is the liturgy of the baptism, and then, of course, the liturgy of the Word and Eucharist, which are the most important parts of this very extensive and amazing time of Easter Vigil. Vigil, because at the end of Easter Vigil, we already proclaim, He is risen. This is the night when He rose from the death. No, no one saw it. No, no one experienced that. But they were people and they were events that had proven that it happened. And we, until now, have those events happening in our life, happening in our liturgy. All of those beautiful liturgies, which happen in the context of our life business, unpredictable events, little or big dramas, which seem to be happening in our life without any invitation, create not only the background, but actually the reality of what it means to invite Jesus to our life, to make sure that he is the one who gives us a purpose of getting up in the morning every day. And it is not in a superficial way of trying to say that we are holy, that you should always pray, because those moments of prayer can happen anytime and every time. I have in the front of my eyes a reel, which one of my friends posted recently, and this is a big shout to you, Lana, of her, her three children and her husband having a nap in the afternoon and saying that those are the moments of reflection, of prayer, of presence of God. For me, 2023 Holy Week was an opportunity for quite peaceful and lengthy 
reflection provided me with opportunities to stop, to do a little bit of a list of things I'm grateful for, as well as seeing how differently God acts in my life. This is why my Easter sharing with you came from the time of imagining, listening, hoping that what I reflected and continue to reflect on could actually happen and I hope it will happen one day in yours and my life. Have you ever wondered what was the morning of resurrection like? They are a few stories, stories which are in the Bible, stories which are um, the most known and maybe sometimes a little bit forgotten. We have four people who had written about that, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. To start with, it appeared to be clear differences between each of the four Gospels and different stories or memories, if you like, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There is definitely a consistency across the four Gospels what time of the day resurrection had happened. Matthew is saying that it was at the dawn of the first day of the week. Mark says it was very early on the first day of the week. Then Luke says very early on the first day of the week. And finally John said early on the first day of the week and it was still dark. So whatever you will say if you will open those four Gospels and look at the time when the resurrection had happened, when was the story being told? The story starts at the breaking of the night, at the breaking of the day. So the night is over, and the day starts. Very symbolic, but also very consistent across the um, four writers of the Gospels. Now, what we know is that we don't see Jesus right away. What is happening is that people go to the tomb. And who goes to the tomb? It's really determined by the tradition. So traditionally, women would go to the tomb to check if they can actually balsam the body of the person who has died. Why didn't they do it before? Well, Jesus died on the um, beginning of the Passover and by the tradition of the Jewish people, of the Jewish religion, they should not do it anymore. So Mary Magdalene and other women uh, who are listed in the Gospel wanted to do what they couldn't do at the time when Jesus was laid in the tomb. And that's what we can also see across the four Gospels. Mary Magdalene is being named, the women are being named, so we can hear and we can see that women went to the tomb. And what happened then? Well, Matthew said there was an earthquake and the angel speaks to them and meet women with Jesus. Mark said that women bought the spices and there was an angel. And then nothing much happened because women escaped from the tomb. They ran away and they said nothing. In Luke, we know that women take spices to the tomb, that they were some creatures who might be defined as angels who appear. And they also went to tell the disciples what they found. And finally, in John, Mary Magdalene 
got the task of running to Simon Peter. Simon Peter and the other disciples went to the tomb. Disciples left and Jesus appeared to Mary. So very eventful moment. Now, do we see actually resurrection of Christ? Absolutely not. Is any of the writers of the gospel telling us that they saw Jesus? No. Who saw Jesus? Women. Women were the first one who saw Jesus. I don't want to go into the feminist approach and say, there you go, you see, women were there. There is also a lot of jokes going around of saying that, well, Jesus could count on women spreading the news. I don't think that this is even appropriate, any of those examples. I think what is being said here, that there were certain people who were chosen, saw Jesus, encountered him and were given a task, a task to talk about his resurrection to others. And I think that this is the significance of the events which occurred. And lucky to those who saw Jesus at first. On the other hand, I think that it was quite overwhelming experience so I'm not 100% sure if I would like to be in their skin, in their situation, because it can be quite hard to um, all of a sudden see a person who you have seen dead and then you can see alive. Well, just imagine that. Just, just try to put yourself in shoes of these women or in the shoes of those disciples. What is noted and worth noticing in all the four four Gospels it's the presence of angels. In some of them, they look like the men in the lightning um, and um, appearing in the lightning, I mean, and standing be- be- besides uh, women. Then we see also two angels who stood where Jesus' body was. No matter how we look at those events and how we describe angels, what we see is the light. And those angels symbolize not only life, but also light. And light and life, two of those, are beautiful symbols of Jesus' resur- resurrection. Where there was darkness, when there was death, comes light. When there was hell, when there was death, when there was nothing, become heaven. Because Jesus is coming to life again. No one else has done it before. No one else have done it after him. Well, you can say, yeah, there were people who arose from the dead. No, 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 no. What had happened? That they returned to life, but they had to die again. And the story about resurrection is about being dead and being alive and not dying again. And that's a huge, huge difference. I think that it's worth to talk about it and it's worth to reflect on it as we will come closer also to ascension to heaven 40 days after the resurrection when Jesus was taken to heaven with his body and with his soul. And the last part of the encounter of the events around the tomb, 
are the conversations that are happening between resurrected Jesus and those he meets in the first place. I have two that I would like to draw your attention to. The first one is from Matthew and the second one is from John. So what's happening in the Gospel of Matthew? Jesus says, greetings, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. So Jesus's words are of those of reassurance. Jesus's words are those of bringing peace. Jesus's words are those of a task. Resurrected Jesus always mandates uh, commissioned people to some action. And in this case of Matthew Gospel, the uh, disciples are to meet him in Galilee and they will be able to then change their experience from the one who have seen being pierced and laid in the tomb, who was dead and who is now alive. And the beautiful one from John, John has this other style than Matthew, Mark and Luke, um, encounter between a person who appears to be a gardener and turns out to be Jesus. I specifically love this passage because I think that it's very human. Jesus starts with a question, with acknowledging Mary's feeling. He said, woman, why are you crying? What is it you are looking for? And I can imagine this Mary full of tears finding out that Jesus's body is not there. And her way of thinking foggy head, not being able to see and experience that Jesus is next to her until he says, Mary. And hearing her own name being said by Jesus changes everything. She knows. She knows that this is the one whom she trusted all her life, who changed her life dramatically, totally. And again, she is getting a task. Jesus tells her, do not hold on to me, for I have not returned to the Father. I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Again, a lead up to uh, what will be happening between the resurrection, ascension, and then the descending of the Holy Spirit. Stages, stages how Jesus prepares his disciples, including this beautiful woman like Mary Magdalene, into what will happen when he will return to Father again and will stay there with him in heaven. When I reflected on those similarities and differences which we can find in the Gospels, I thought, what would be my, my personal story? <laughs> I'm not them attempting to write another gospel, but just imagine that you have the fifth column in the table and you need to say quickly, how do you encounter Jesus right here, right now? What is the time of the day? 
uh, who is with you when you meet Jesus? What are the events that are happening? What do you hear? What Jesus said, what that is, are saying? All of this prompted me to uh, imagine that if I will have my encounter so vivid as those people of the Gospels, this Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday, this year, 2023, I would like to have a kappa with Jesus. If I imagine him here and now, I am quite sure that we would meet in the little coffee shop somewhere near the ocean. I would sit there on my own, waiting for my best friend to arrive and drinking my long black and watching the waves, maybe surfers, the clouds, the sun. How would he appear? For sure by surprise. Maybe as person randomly asking if he can use the spare chair by our table. Or a person walking on the shore or even a waitress. I'm not really sure how. But I know that I would know that it is Jesus. Because he would smile and say, Hey Grace. And from then on, our conversation would flow. I would ask the questions from the list that I had forever. First, all the why. Oh, um, actually, probably seeing him, I would understand without asking, because I would be able to experience in him the presence of God, God who is love and who understands our questions before we even ask them and who gives us an understanding of what we are asking for. But then again, I believe I would st still want to hear from him. I would want to hear how did he cope with not knowing what his father wants throughout all his life and especially when his time of suffering came. What was it like being abandoned by his closest friends, like Peter? Was he disappointed in him? I know that our conversation would go into anything and everything. We would talk about wars, politics, global warming, starvation in some parts of the world, artificial intelligence, his point of view on digital world, then we will probably talk about what he ate when he was on earth and what he would like to taste now when he sees the world in 21st century. We would talk about things which are deep in our heart right now. I'm sure that very soon after his appearance, our table in this coffee shop by the ocean would have many more patrons as people would realize that the conversation at our table is quite special. So more people would join and we would listen and ask and talk and he would listen and we would talk. And we would just enjoy each other's company. And then 
after a few hours, or who knows, maybe it will be already the end of the day, we would go together for fish and chips and order another coffee until he would disappear somehow. But we would be different. We would be changed. Shining from the inside. Peaceful and trustful. Knowing that he is there for us always. I don't know how Jesus makes his appearance to you this year. I'm not sure if you do feel and experience his presence in a special way or not. Whatever your situation is, he comes to you with the message. Greetings. He calls your name and says, do not be afraid. Go, tell my sisters and brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. So let's keep going in peace and joy, searching for our life Galilee, homes of our hearts, where we can meet him every day, every day, over and over again. Happy Easter. He is risen. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope that you will tune in again. Please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave your review. Feel welcome to visit my website, seekinggodsgrace.com, and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again. Every blessing to you and your loved ones. Talk again soon.